Hopefully, I fixed my robotiness. I know I roboted the fuck out of that last interview with you, and I think I fixed my Discord. So, oh, uh, yeah, don't worry about that, dude. I mean, you know, I, I just assumed it was Phoenix and, and that, right? So, no, it's broken Discord. Like, Discord has this bug that it'll half update you, and I got that bug. And when it does, it then starts dropping packets like a motherfucker. So, right. that's what it was. It was packet loss, and then I had to reinstall it. Classic fucking Discord. Everyone, everyone's been telling yeah. me for years that it's the game changer. It's the best fucking chat program. All of this nonsense. And I, what I found is, yeah, it's like harder to DDoS me through it, although still possible. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. That's the benefit, right? <laughs> so sorry, no, uh, no camera. As I told you off stream, I am rewiring myself to start streaming again. Alchemist has been guilty me all year to start my stream up again. So. Oh yeah, you know how that goes when you go. Okay, I'll just do a little bit of rewiring. Well, yeah, I, I'm halfway through it, so the camera's sitting next to me. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't worry about that. I would have had to fucking set up Zoom, and I would have had another boomer moment on fucking stream trying to figure out. How to yeah, easier for you, less less graphics yeah. and shit. I might have to um, I might have to just get Alchemist to come and fucking live with me for a little bit and just be like my little fucking tech gremlin, like just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just pressing all go. the buttons and shit. Like, I'm sure he'll be down for it, man. Me and me and Alchemist will have a good time in Vegas, right? Yeah, he's um, a good guy. Uh, yeah, let me some Jason. Yeah, so I think look, he's a chat actually tonight. Yeah, anyway, he, so what do you want to talk about? I know a lot of things have happened since actually we started talking about me coming on your show. More has even happened. So mm. I didn't know if we were denialing. I didn't know if we were phasing. And yeah, what you want to talk? About. Oh well, yeah, I haven't even begun to touch the fucking denial stuff, man. Oh, um, dude, you got to get into denial, man. It is this is juicy because it's so hostile. Obviously, phase huge mm. team, you huge person. The denial, dude, is is more up our alley of like just trash ownership, man, based on old trash ownership. So it's more up our wheel, if you will, of shady esports owners than this Tifu uh, phase things a little different. Yeah, well, look, let me let me um, I'll, 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 if there's time, I'll I'll get into the denial stuff. I mean, the first thing, the the most important thing, is um, uh, the fucking you had your little interaction with Keemstar, right? um that was pretty funny i i thought it was good because like listen i i get along with Kim and like he actually makes fucking time for me but every time i see him interact with anyone else from the world of esports it's like fucking mega double face palm like he just doesn't understand like to him call of duty is like like he's like the riot games guys you know like oh Le uh, esports started in 2009 when league of legends was invented you know he thinks it's all like call of duty in its phase and stuff and he doesn't get about like that wouldn't have been a phase or anything else if it wasn't for the OGs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even want to really talk about him much in the sense <laughs> that it's pretty, like, it's, it's unrelated. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, it's kind of funny because you brought, you used this uh, phrase, this quote, um, the other night. I don't think you were talking about Keem. I don't know anything about him. I've never met him, never chatted with him. So last night's interaction was the very first time I've ever... I mean, I know who he is. Don't get me wrong. I know who keeps starts. But like, we've had, we've had no interaction. Obviously, you guys have a little bit of back and forth. Yeah. But um, you mentioned... And I, I can't remember what your context was. That you, but you brought up the George Bernard Shaw quote. That is, never wrestle with pigs. Yeah. You both get dirty and the pigs like it. Yeah. So I have no desire to discuss him because he's really irrelevant to the conversations that we were going to have before he tweeted and I tweeted. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Dude, I I, I mean, you know, what, what people need to remember, this is how I always explain um, Keem to people. Like, this is a guy who at one point was the most hated person 
on on the on the internet like he's had shit that you just wouldn't believe and because he's always lived in that maelstrom of shit flinging and hatred he that's generally his like base point how he like interacts with people he thinks fuck it i'll cause the drama i'll get some hits i'll get some hate i'll get some clicks um and and i'll just keep doing that ad infinitum like i mean even me and him had to find like a space where we could kind of talk and that was because when people were trying to get him deplatformed, i was coming out and saying why the fuck would you de-platform a gossip journalist, you know? Like, like you don't look to de-platform TMZ. Like, all them fucking losers. Like, there was all these other YouTubers, like, Grade A under A and stuff, were like, and fucking Leafy, you know? They were all like, you know? Like, Leafy's doing videos where he's, like, laughing at fucking mentally challenged children and putting that on YouTube. And then he's doing videos in the next minute going, Haha, Keemstar is the cancer of YouTube. I hate drama. Like, you laugh at disabled people for clicks. Like, where, where the fuck's your moral high ground, you stupid cunt? So, um, I, I, how me and Keem kind of got to a place where we became kind of, like, talkative was I was, like, one of the few credible journalists kind of defending him, you know? So, um, but yeah, so he, he's, he's not all bad, but, you know. No, and again, I, like, like, again, just like reality TV, just like the TMZs of the world, just like his content and others, there's a myth for that. People like it, and that's fine. I, like, I would never have picked a fight with that guy. I thought I made actually kind of an, like, um, I don't know Banks either. I, I know a couple of the phase management guys from the Counter-Strike side, and obviously I know the phase Counter-Strike players. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, I saw a thread where Banks was kind of going into this whole deep loyalty family thing, and I get it. He, mm. like, again, I was a team owner, and there is a certain like you want more than a business relationship. You want to have something a little more personal because it builds loyalty on both sides. And obviously, they build a very big thing in in their in their world versus like a standard esports e team like an EG would have been. Mm. So, but he was kind of like, again one of his long rants about you know being being betrayed and all. And I, my tweet was basically like. Look, when you're running a multi-million dollar business, you have to approach it. You can no longer think it's just like you and your bros sitting around having fun making money because money changes the dynamic. Might not change it for banks, but it certainly will change it for people that come in and out of that organization. They won't all drink the Kool-Aid for the same amount of time, hmm. right? And it was just like, and it was, it wasn't like stop that way, stop thinking that way. It was like you would be better off if your perspective shifted a little bit because then maybe you wouldn't get so hurt if said yeah. player, whatever you want to call it, decides to ban betray you. You would just have a thick skin over it. And that's all I said. And then obviously Keem jumped on me. And then I threw the Godfather thing at him. The only success are really run by loyalty and family fucking mob and not Godfathers. And, you know, they're there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I got nothing against Keem. Like, I came out sideways at me. He did what they did. And I why people oh. that drink G Fuel, but Lee, there's been five of them now from the world that do the, where's your team, bro? Who are you, bro? What the fuck have you done, bro? You start laughing and sit back. I don't have to fuck. Thank you. You got the you got the robot thing again. By the way, sorry, you broke up like mega for the last sentence for me. I think I, I I heard my, I, yeah. I don't know why, dude. Blah blah blah. Yeah, because the whole thing started with like obviously no, Banks has been incredibly emotional, right? Um, That's right. Uh, in his tweets, and I I latched onto one and and basically was kind of like saying, hey, you know, once this thing turns into a multi-million dollar business, the idea that you're all just a bunch of bros making content you know, like, is going to get much, much harder. You know, I don't know my exact quote. Um, and, you know, 
uh, kind of adapt to this new thing and you'll be less hurt. Like it'd be for the best, right? And then Keemstar comes back with, or the worse, meaning yeah. my advice would be bad, worse. And then I came back and said, well, the only really successful businesses that work based on family quotes and loyalty <laughs> quotes are the mob and nobody here is a godfather right now obviously i know family businesses start up and they end up getting you know bigger and they make millions but then guess what they end up being very corporate and they have hr departments and they have contracts and all that kind of shit so like at a certain time you know point being like bro this is going to keep happening to you as you're more popular people are not going to join for the same reasons you all started this thing and you know you you wouldn't be having this public anguish as much if you kind of just get that this is going to change possibly. And, mm. and obviously Akeem didn't like that. And he's friends with all of them. Obviously he's sports phase. Um, and then again, it got into a little bit of, you know, uh, pissing match. And again, they all do it, you know, like, and I think, I don't know if it's something to do with the G fuel, but that whole crowd always. I think it's just call like, of duty. Honestly, I, I think they're just wired differently. No, literally rich. Every single guy in the last year that I've gone down this road with, who's given me the, who the fuck are you? is a G Fuel sponsored person. <laughs> yes, they're dutyers, but they're all, it's weird. I'm not trying to throw G Fuel on the bus, right? But whatever. It's just kind of weird that it's always the same genre of people. We used to call them the 09ers. They showed up in 09 yeah. when all blowing up, whether you're Street Fighter side or the gaming side with YouTube. YouTube was in 2005, 2006, but really, obviously, the monetization came a little later. Um, and uh, streaming in 09. So, like, uh, like we call them 09ers. So, yeah. and again, like, I don't want to talk about him. Um, it is what it is. He, you know, blew me up. Um, uh, you know, whatever. I didn't fight back with him. Going to. Um, not really what I want to talk to you about, but that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts. Of it. But I've never even, yeah, I never had an interaction with the guy. So it is what it is, right? I think the, I think, uh, I think the, the esports people maybe explain to him who I am a little bit better with. Like, I don't give a fuck if he knows who I am. And, and anyway, I think I was talking about his type of content, which I have no problem with. Like, I have nothing against the guy or what he needs to make his living, right? Um, it is what it is. It's content that people like to consume. Obviously, he wouldn't be popular if people didn't like the content. So yeah. whatever, you know? Um, but anyway. So yeah, so let, let, let's talk about this. Um, you know, you've, you've seen the contract now, right? I mean, you've had time to look at it. Yeah, probably not as in-depth as you. Um... But I have I watched it. Uh, I shouldn't say I watched it. I read a little bit of it, and then I watched mm. the tail end of your walkthrough of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's short. Um, it's shorter than an esports contract. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, um, I, the first thing that it hit me with is this is definitely more of the entertainment talent. Yeah. Yep. And I would say almost banned, like music contract in some of the language and some of the. Very the interesting you say that because if you go. Stuff. If you go and look up who Lee Trink is, uh, you know, the, uh, I think he's the CEO now uh, of, uh, of FaZe Clan. He actually, that's his background. Um, you know, he he, uh, he was a president over at Capitol Records, I believe. Okay. Wait, which guy is this? Uh, Lee Trink. So when, oh, okay. when they started, like, bringing in other investors and, and money people, you had this guy, Sebastian Gwertz from Norway, and then you had a guy called Lee Trink came in as part of that, as that uh, wave. And I think he's from New York, and he used to be a, a former president of Capitol Records. And if you look at the contract, as you said, very entertainment-focused, which is why I don't think the definition of athlete is going to stick. And um, obviously, as well, uh, New York law. Um, it, now, on his Twitter bio, he says he was a former district attorney um, in Brooklyn, which is obviously a very 
senior legal position. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll take that with a pinch of salt for now. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I think um, I, the, the one phase management person I've met who I've actually had great conversations with is Eric, mm. who I want to say um i don't know either director of esports something esports related he kind of handles like the like he I, every time i bump into him it's at counter-strike events so he's kind of mm. uh hanging out with them and he, i know he has a music background as well i don't know exactly what he did in that industry whether he was man or uh, i don't know what he did or he was on the or the uh, the label side but um but it is interesting it reads more of and again, uh, they are more of an entertainment kind of company than a pure esports organization, I guess, in some regards. So maybe yep. their contract being kind of a hybrid does make sense. But it's short, like uh, it's the 15 pages, 13 pages, uh, usually 24, 30 pages. I was gonna, I was gonna say days. that it's about half of a you yeah, know, yeah, about yeah. half. Um, so I mean, what do you, what do you think in terms of? Uh, the overall kind of fairness because I mean that's a big talking point I don't think it has any bearing on on the legal case but the reason I wanted to get you on to kind of talk about it is um, you know as somebody that's in the CSPPA you'll have seen I imagine probably some worse contracts probably contracts are a whole lot better but you know it, is this is this where the industry is at right now I mean is TFU saying this contract is trash is this uh, basically an indictment on a lot of people all across the industry, like in similar contracts? Because I think some of the cuts that are being took from him, I've definitely seen similar percentages. The the eighty percent is egregious, um, but yeah, but, yeah, it probably depends on the cut. Like our prize money cut is usually way less when it comes to stickers. It's way heavier. Like at Counter Strike, there's two sets of stickers, right? There's the team mm. sticker and there's a player sticker. Um, and obviously the player sticker is very heavy on the player side, uh, way more than those percentages uh, in the sense of that content creation mm. tool. We don't have a creator code like Fortnite. Um, and yeah, well, and also esports, like again, this is kind of where it leads more like it's a musical act talent contract where it has appearance fees spelled out. It has all these different possibilities spelled out. Generally, esports aren't, and again, obviously, wide world of esports contracts counter-strike globally different countries different you know different states um so they are vast and different um but generally it's kind of like you know we're going to pay you a bunch of money we get all the control of these kind of rights stuff and we'll go sell it but like it, it tends to break down less the if you bring us a deal it's this if we bring you a deal it's that it's because it's kind of like they're bringing the deals right and uh so it's still more spelled out and less gray in esports because there's less categories to talk about i guess in some regards and again uh not a lawyer um uh so certainly not here to give any sort of legal uh advice or summation on this stuff we've got plenty of esports lawyers on all sides of the equation chiming in now that they've seen this stuff but uh it, it's some of it's very similar and some of it you do like it, it ryan morrison uses the term industry standard a lot right or, uh, it's industry standard uh, and i'm so i hate that phrase yeah, and he's acquiescing to the fact that it's fucked up, but it is the standard because he, you know, um, and some of the, and again, that's kind of part of the conversation now is like, okay, now someone's walked one of these bad boys into a court of law. Uh, again, slightly different than our pure liquid or cloud nine or nip fanatic contracts, but it's going to, it's going to maybe, if it doesn't hold, it's going to come some sort of judgments on all sorts of weird things. Um, and I think, uh, 
again, I, I'm on record saying that I think our contracts are one-sided. I can't, I'm not going to deny that. I know like Bryce makes very good points in his tweets today about why they're one-sided and the dynamic needed to be set up that way for revenues and protections and all that. Mm. Um, but I, I do think we need to continue to strive towards getting our esports contracts more like sports contracts where there is a, a sense of ownership of a team owner in the use of your your nil which is again you've talked about a lot the name the image and the likeness rights but again we have to curve a little bit of that out for the player right um so they can even see some of their stuff and figure out what conflicts with the team owner's needs and what doesn't and where they can actually enhance and out of that a player has to then say okay well i'm going to take a cut because the team is technically giving me that they used to have all of so i'll take a few less per month but I get maybe a few categories in sponsorship opened up to me. Mm-hmm. The team isn't going to sell. And then I can make that money on the side or I can do these other things or at least have the opportunity. Not every player is going to go get an agent and be be a f- something. Not every one player wants to be that. But right now, very few players even have legal room in their contract to try. Right? But you can't. Yeah. But you can't. What you can't do to a guy like Jack at Cloud9 is, Jack, you need to pay these guys the exact same amount of money and give us all this shit. There has to be a compromise here, right? And the mm. best contracts negotiations, any lawyer will tell you, are the ones where everybody walks away pissed off because nobody sure. wins, yeah. right? If everyone walks away smiling, someone's fucked the guy and they don't know it, right? So you, you both want to be like, ah, oh, God, we didn't get everything we wanted, right? And right now, it's kind of a pay us a lot of money and we'll take care of all kind of stuff. And again, I think we, I think for the players, I think for owner's sake, we need to, I need to lower their labor budget. I want them to pay the players less. I don't want the player to make less a month, but maybe from one, one revenue stream, it should be less, right? Like, so let's figure that out. Let's sit down and figure out what we can carve away for players, right? Um, and this one is kind of a hybrid, right? It, like I said, it's very, it's esporty, but it isn't. Got some shit in there that esports has in there too, like in this sense of like. Even after you quit or leave, we still kind of own you for a little while. That yeah. does show up in esports, and that is egregious. And and again, where where we've also talked about for years is the pure idea that they can even be independent contractors. If I'm core to your business, exactly. Am I an independent contractor or an employee? Because if I'm an employee in California, that opens up a whole different can of worms, right? Protections for both sides, all those kind of things, right? Well, uh, yeah, the, one of the big things with being an independent contractor is, like, first of all, in terms of your your legal protections, uh, you know, you're not an employee, you know, like, so that you don't get a lot of the protections you will be afforded if you are called an employee. That's principally one of the reasons for doing it. One of the things that used to boil my piss when Riot Games first started fucking harping on about how they're going to get everyone P1 visas and they're going to be recognized as fucking athletes. It's like, yeah, but you still call them contractors. And here's the other thing. In America, yeah. if you're a contractor, you get taxed at an unfucking believably high rate an unbelievably high rate to to put it in context like um when i was when i was filing our 1040s here right like i got a rebate like yeah. i got a fucking rebate um and maria had to pay like i don't even know like like she didn't even make that much you know but like because she just streams but because the counts is being a contractor the tax rate was unreal and i was like that can't be right like, you know, yeah, because they, they get you on self-employment. And obviously, you know, every like if you are an employee and you get your paycheck, if you looked at your sub, you would see that they have taken taxes out for you. 
Yeah. So in some regards, you are paying a good chunk of your taxes and not really knowing it. So generally, uh, you end up with a refund because if anything, you, you've overpaid often, right? Um, but they, but there's no, they nickel and dime you and they, they go to the highest tax rate when you're self-employed and all those kind of things, right? Because no paying in for you. So you're going to pay all this shit, uh, social security, all kind of crap gets thrown into your world. Right. And it, yeah, and it ends up being definitely a higher, higher tax rate, uh, than if someone paid, but, but so, the, the, the other key component, I mean, that's more like an aside, but the reality is it, right. How can I be an independent contractor and have you make demands of me yes. that says i need to be here at this time i need to do these things or i get fined you can terminate my contract if i don't meet a code of conduct um yep. if i if i if i quit i can't work for another company no 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 this is this is an employer employee relationship we're talking about here not two independent contractors just greasing each other's palms to get a job done yeah and again like it, it, it all this stuff it has evolved from like we didn't know how to do it and it made sense that you were an independent contractor um but again like the the money has evolved the the process has evolved the time a player is invested in said team and playing full-time has evolved and, and again california went down this years ago with silicon valley and nailed them all said you can't be a company that builds tech and everyone who builds your tech is a contractor you just can't fucking do that like it, it, obviously they go after tax revenues and stuff right they want yep. their fucking money and they want it every two weeks not every three months or six months or a year if you decide to pay your taxes so they they nailed all of them like if it's court and they, so it's very structured in california that if if we determine that this position is part of what you do it's an employee it's not a contractor and then like i said it, like you said it opens up all those other things and again generally an independent contractor is a guy that you hire for a term thing yeah like six paint, months paint, you know paint the mural roof my put a roof on my thing and so i can't hire the roofer and then say, you know what, you can't roof anyone else in my neighborhood for six months, man, because that's like, so again, if this stuff gets to this labor board and they start looking at all that, not the drinking and I was, uh, although you and Devin brought up some, um, if you guys haven't watched that piece, Devin's pieces on the breaking down the legality of some of this stuff, because mm. like the shit you got talking about, like chefs and food yep. prep yep. and all those shit, it, depending on what, like, those things can get hit, but California will first and foremost look at Tifu and go, is he an employee? Well, they'll look at what FaZe does, they'll look at Tifu, and they'll determine right away, is he an independent contractor, or is he an, should he be classified as an employee? And that alone will open up a can of worms if they determine that he's not an independent contractor, let alone everything else that, as an independent contractor, there still might have been yeah. in breach or in violation. Right, he's done him a huge favor by saying he's. I mean, again, I don't know if you can unring the bell, but he's. You know, Tfue was saying, yeah, we'll get rid of all of that stuff about you know you put me in harm's way by making me do skateboard videos and I actually got injured and you didn't offer proper care afterwards. That you know I was drinking underage in your premises and I felt pressure to do it. I engaged in illegal gambling for the purposes of content to make you guys money. Like all of all of that yeah. going away. Um, and not having the California Labor Commission at it is a huge win for FaZe, in my opinion. Um, in fact, I would have been willing, if I was them, um, to basically say, like, look, listen, uh, it, it, because you've withdrawn that, we're more than happy to let you out of the contract early and, and just go our separate ways. Um, because if the California Commission, California Labor Commission starts turning over those stones, who the fuck knows where that ends? Yeah, and again, like as you know, and because uh, you did a lot of research on this, and even talked about like a, a complaint is where party A takes the fucking they're gone, 
and they just load it with every goddamn bullet yeah. under the sun, right? And then they're going to figure out what's going to stick, right? Now, and they have the ability to amend that and change that and probably pull back on some of that stuff. Um, but, but again, yeah, once you unleash the hounds, where does the hound say, oh, thanks for informing us. We got it from here. We don't care what you say, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, it, it, we've been saying for years on both sides, God, I kind of wish a team would sue a player, and I kind of wish a player would sue a team. And again, different, you know, he is a player, but it, again, entertainment versus pure esports. Again, it's happening. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, how much we keep hearing public information about the actual case going forward. That'll be very interesting. Yeah, well, um, I, 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 I think very little. I, I, like, I, I think how the story ends, uh, despite maybe some of our uh, fire and brimstone protestations on day one, like, I still think this has a huge impact on the industry. Um, and I think you're going to be probably talking to some of these team owners about some of this stuff for quite a while to come as we work through looking at the athletics agent act which i just learned about today um so uh, apparently that's a thing um so uh you know i, I think it's gonna have huge ramifications for the industry but i think you know Devin was like he, th he thought that maybe phase would get shut down on the basis of the california labor commission complaint going through i think with i think with the things that tfu is removing today i think it's not severe i i think this is more about um you know they they lose a star they they will potentially lose others if the contracts are identical and um, that will ha and and their brand overall is harmed because of how they've handled themselves both prior to and uh, post it being made public i think so i think phase loses but i don't think it's as catastrophic as it was when we first saw the complaint honestly yeah, and again, I don't, I don't know enough about the legal proceedings in California on how they judge on these kind of things. Again, I watched your, uh, I did watch your video where you, you found some fines and stuff they gave them. I, I yeah. again, like, um, there's probably nothing civil there that would literally put them out of business for sure. And again, I don't know if there's anything criminal now. Again, if they do go down the road of contributing to delinquency of minors, and in the video <laughs> footage of that, you know, does that just mean they get slapped with a fine and it's still misdemeanor criminal stuff? Like again, I don't, I don't, I. I don't see phase like, yeah, I don't see phase going down. I don't see, like I said, uh, like you just said, yeah, it might might have some voiding of contracts and they have to rewrite yeah. their contracts to be compliant and sign people. And in the meantime, they might lose some people. Um, and again, it might send shockwaves to the rest of the world, esports and content creator side uh, to check your contracts and to, to uh, you know, see if you're actually crossing the T's and dotting the I's properly or, or you might be... You, your players might be able to walk just as easily, right? And you, Tifu, did it, excuse, so to speak. Yeah, so look, um, I, I'll get your reaction as well because I forgot to read Bryce's tweets on, on the matter when I was doing sort of the roundup on all of the news that, sure. that like dropped today. And I think, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. Um, look, one of the issues, like I, I, I do love Bryce daily and I know... Uh, people probably don't believe that because, you know, I go back and forth on, on Bryce. What you have to understand is I think of Bryce as two entities. Um, there was the entity I first met where he was really enthusiastic at the prospect of getting into esports, um, was really interested in helping players, was very pro-player rights. 
did so much pro bono work and worked behind the scenes to help players with bad contracts, giving advice, was going out there being a mouthpiece. I think he's a great dude. He, he definitely paid his dues. But then one one day he sort of woke up and it was like all of a sudden he was the team owner's lawyer and he represented a lot of these teams now he's moved into um you know being um an, an agent he also has a uh, an esports law you know he, for a time i think he left that job now um he's also got an esports law firm um I, I i was a little bit heartbroken when i saw him repping team owners honestly because i thought he was going to be like i don't know like in some sort of mad like deranged semi-socialist fantasy i thought he was like always going to be the man of the people but obviously you don't become a lawyer to do fucking pro, pro bono work all the time and drive around in a shitty car. Now, I'm not saying he went full better call Saul, right? I'm not saying he did that. But he certainly, I think, made a determination somewhere along the line. Like, repping the uh, team owners is going to be better for me fiscally. And I don't think he makes any bones about that. So I do on occasion, I'll have a little sly barb about how he broke my heart and stuff. But in general, I really, really love the guy. And um, I think he's still overall, like, a, a massive net positive that he's involved in esports so just to, just to clarify on that but um but anyway so what he said was uh because he just got back from holiday i haven't even had time to talk to him yet he said no, I, he's I have... still on holiday i think he, oh is he uh, still on holiday from italy yeah he's working <laughs> it's great like ru ruined his vacation well yeah kind of ruined. Yeah, yeah well there was no i mean put it this way as well I, I i don't know how much of the rivalry between him and ryan morrison is genuine but i will tell you this if you give me a choice between who i want speaking about legal stuff in the esports space ryan or bryce it's a fucking no-brainer <laughs> like bryce 100 percent of the time I, I think ryan's way too fucking hyperbolic and self-aggrandizing and i think bryce actually really is a good balance because you know look we all know it there's no getting as pro player as you as you and me are um you know there has to be something there for the team owners as well or what the fuck are we doing right you know um so anyway, he said, I have so many thoughts on the T-Fuse situation, tweet storm incoming. One, there are some non-standard and bad things in T-Fuse contract, which I think we all know. Two, people misunderstand how esports businesses work. The economics look worse in a vacuum than they are with proper context. Before I dive into the context or the macro dynamics for the industry, I want to note that my goal here is to enhance the quality of the debate on this topic. Reasonable minds can differ about some of the substance, but you need to understand the bigger picture to do so. As a starting point, I think it's important to interpret the leaked contract in the context of what it was at the time of signing. Separately, we need to interpret TFU's situation now based on the offers currently before him. There are real issues with how the initial economics were set up. A 42-month deal at $2,000 a month, adjustable up or down by phase, with no right to seek sponsorships and org-sided uh, favorable revenue splits is simply not a fair deal. Banks has even admitted that. So, I mean, I'll, I'll bring you in at that point. I mean, that that's why it, it's, it's almost like a moot point. At the, because we're just talking about whether the contract should be voided or not but it was a really you know banks was talking in that video about how he loved this kid and he wanted the kid to blow up and he wanted to change his life and that's what he does phase for and that's what he loves about phase then why on earth would you give this kid such a shit predatory favorable to you almost exclusively contract right yeah but again that's probably with their contract right so it's not like he's like oh i'm gonna get one on two that's probably their contract maybe the uh, monthly maybe the monthly you know is based on who he's talking to but um it sounds like they them and theirs decided this was our template this is what we will sign people to and we, within it there are some negotiating points i have never seen any 
on the esports side, the only time I've ever seen a reduction in salary for something is the bench player clause where they bench you. And yeah. that um, with a reduction in salary. Nothing ever to do um, behavior unless yeah. they bench you for, for, for performance and make you the sixth man, right? Yeah. Um, Have you ever uh, seen a clause in a contract where they can fine you beyond what you make in a month? So you end up paying them out of pocket? Because I've never seen that. No, they usually have some sort of – I've seen some stupid ones of how much money they can hit you with depending on the infraction. Mm. And the minute it's at owner decision, if it's an infraction and there's, and there's no way to appeal and go to a third party to determine if your owner is fucking you or if you really broke it, again, it's like it ends up a big he said, she said, and they just don't pay you and find you. I've never seen one that can put you in negative. There really is a – to the you know an asterisk kind of you know up into the amount of that month maximum salary right so it can't go negative to where you're writing a check or your your next month is docked yes yeah. uh you, you know you don't uh you can't uh you're already in arrears so to speak like you, you i've never seen i've never seen that clause hang on just a second. you ask me a question as a yeah no worries all right, I'm back. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's 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 all good. I'll um I'll I'll just keep reading on. And just jump yep. in if anything leaps out. He then goes. The context here is particularly important. Fortnite was blowing up and had the potential to create superstars. These economics, coupled with that length, is the core problem. In another context, some of this stuff might be entirely reasonable. You can't view it in a vacuum. So again, just to expand on what he's what he means by that is because Fortnite was blowing up and you know there was like. Uh, you, you, you know, the, the, this contract looks bad given where TFU is now. The point is, if this was a contract for a game that hasn't done as well, like H1Z1, you would be like, this is an amazing deal because no one fucking plays that game and it has no market value currently, right? So that's what he means when he says you can't view it in a vacuum. I don't know how sympathetic that makes me. <laughs> I think it almost makes it more predatory that you knew the game was blowing up and this is the contract you led with, knowing that it could have gone a, a better place, but... Yeah, and, and again, I don't uh, like I don't know in 2008 when he signed it exactly. I know a lot of people are saying Tifu Tifu was nobody yet, and blah blah blah. And Somebody so, and again, show me an example of him having like 5,000 people watching a, watching a stream though. And I, I do understand the chronology of how he blew up because Banks leveraged his relationship with Keemstar. Another reason to be a little bit skeptical of some of their media output, by the way, guys. Um, to to put Tifu in the um, Keemstar tournament that he ran for Fortnite. But I mean, ultimately, it's I, I this kid would have blown up anyway it just would have took yeah, a little bit longer yeah right it, um uh, and, and again we we often see that in in esports all the time right especially when they're signing to year deals because again i sign a deal and a year and a half later or a year later into that deal i win a major well i'm way more fucking money in my mind aren't i but i'm yep. stuck with what i was 11 months ago now again um this is the nature of signing these contracts, right? And again, I know everyone will say, well, he signed it or she signed it, so therefore it's legal. Oftentimes, you know, again, you've talked about stuff that can be unconscionable or stuff that can't be enforced. Just because two parties agreed and signed the document doesn't mean that something within it can actually not be proper and still be thrown out later, right? So um, when it comes to that, though, it is one of those, well um, – the Valve put it really good. Valve, at their very first major, had a had a uh, had a player meeting 
with the players, right? Wanted to talk to them about the stickers they were going to do and all that kind of stuff, right? And and kind of get a vibe. And the the Valve won't get between teams and the players. They won't really get much between teams, players, and tournament orders, as we know on the Counter-Strike side. One piece of advice that Valve gave them that sticks with me to this day, and it was like Ito or uh, it might have been Matt. I don't know which guy gave it. Um, and they were like, look, we're not lawyers. We're not here to give you legal advice. The one piece of advice we will give you and you should always take with you in life, not even in Counter-Strike, is sign the shortest contract you yep. possibly can. Yep. And just, it really, just said it. For, th for this exact reason, because your value can change and you're, you might hate the team, oh, lots of things can change. The shorter you're locked in, the sooner you can get out, right? Um so, again, if Tifu signs a one-year deal, then he can suck that $2,000 up for 12 months, and then he's got all the leverage in the world after he blows up, right? Yeah, now, and it, make, it makes sense to do it in sports. It makes match, and they can yeah. keep him. So shit. Normal contract, then he goes, all right, I did my, I did my share, sharecropper stuff, I got, you know, tit for tat. Now look what we did. And now he can say, now it's ten grand a month or I, or I don't sign, right? And then... Mm. There's no legality. There's no blowing up. He doesn't have to, like, he forced this into the public to get out of his contract, right? He wouldn't have to do that. Now, again, the, the fucked up thing about this whole thing is owners want the longest contract possible because, again, if we're under the assumption that they're fairly one-sided in the sense that the protections and the, the grasp of the product is very much on the owner's side, the claws go in. The hooks go in. I can't quit. I can't get out. I can't go, oh, don't want to do this anymore for you. They can do that to me tomorrow, right? But a player thinks, so an owner is possible, right? Because I got you for three years. If you're in shit, I'm going to bench. Then I'm going to sell, right? Um, or I'm going to make you a streamer for a little while. Then I might mm. release you, right? Um, player looks at, okay, I'm going to get $15,000 a month, three-year sex amount here Three years. Oh, this is a great fucking deal. Name me the player that actually lived through with contract without a renegotiation process. Within it, doesn't really happen very often. And they can't get out. They can't. There you. There are exceptions. There are some esports contracts, and more and more every day, where there is a every six months can renegotiate. But there's no law to say that the owner has to accept the renegotiation. I'd like to renegotiate, Richard. Okay, let's sit on down. I think worth five grand. Hi, you're not. <laughs> negotiations over right so the shorter the contract the easier you can get out for yeah. whatever reason you don't like it right and it's not guaranteed in sports it's got that we have not all there are guaranteed contracts if you cut me if you waive me you're paying me my whole goddamn salary i'm going to sit on my couch and play video games that would be different in esports uh, because of it you immediately go to a bench clause which lowers your rate drastically um and you still have to support them Right now, if I signed a three-year contract with ABC, and mm -hmm. both sides were stuck for three years, and you know I'm it, you're going to pay me no matter what, and I'm going to live with you no matter what, then we'd be in a different world. We're not really there. Exactly, that's what I mean. It, ma it makes sense in sports, like five-year contract, right? Let's say you're a player, you go and you join a fucking team, and you've signed a five-year deal, and the money's right, 
uh, and it's because like the fucking manager likes you and they think you're gonna do great things and you get there and you're fucking trash and you know no one gets along with you and you don't fit into the culture at the team and after a year it's been a disaster and the team's underperformed and everything else right yep. so what happens there is it makes no sense for them to keep you. But if they drop you from the team, you still make your fucking paper. And there has been so many people, I mean, especially in soccer, right? There have been so many pieces of shit that turn up to a fucking club and they're like, oh, it's all different this time. And then they get mysteriously fucking injured and they never play, but they're making fucking 80,000 pounds a fucking week. And every, you yeah. know, so, so who gives a fuck? Now, if yeah, esports work like that, brilliant. But it fucking doesn't. And then on top of that, when I signed for an NBA team, an NFL team, a soccer team, I know the game don't fucking die tomorrow. I, 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 I like I know it's still gonna be there for the remainder of my contract. Like people are still gonna be playing basketball, people are still gonna be playing football, yep. people might not be playing fucking Fortnite, people might not be playing Apex Legends, people might not be playing Counter Strike. So uh, why people have like tried to just universally apply sporting contract principles to esports uh is it, it's mind-blowing to me it's mind-blowing to me yeah and, it, and, it, and in some regards it's selective right like yeah. the 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 image likeness rights etc when it comes to pro sport obviously nothing like ours there is a very much a separation of church and state with what lebron can do without asking anybody and what he should do with his team especially if the team logo if he's wearing the jerseys and all those kind of things is it a team activation or is it LeBron James selling fucking gloves, right? Yeah. Um, and and again, like so, it's we're like these contracts have been a mishmash of these things jammed in, and sometimes they clash head to goddamn head, right? And again, like the, the idea that you just can't get out, a player can't, you can't quit. Like there's just, and again, I understand why that would be kind of a, a, just at its base level a nightmare for a team because obviously there already are lots of roster moves, and all of a sudden, if a team owner doesn't have any protection of his roster. And anyone can quit willy-nilly, but but you uh, there's got to be. Uh, I think Bryce makes a cool point with all his stuff is that regardless of this particular case, this now starts a whole new level yeah. of conversation about all of it, all of it, right? Like we in Counter Strike would love a much more standardized contract. Again, you have to worry and, and nod to trees in different states, but mm. let's standardize how buyouts work for everybody. Let's standardize now that we've got the Valve working with us in the sense of when majors will be, can we figure out maybe contract start and end dates? Maybe it's a two-year deal. Maybe it's a one-year deal, but maybe they all end in, in, in when it makes sense for them to end so a team can get new rosters in time for the major run, right? Uh, Rich... My contract end, ends next month. You just signed one. We're teammates. I'm out, bro. Yeah. I'm not re-signing. You're like, what? Like, that doesn't, you know? And again, when you get to sports, we have, like see it all the time. X, X player signed a 10-year deal, five years guaranteed, to your point. If anything happens in those five years, he's getting paper, right? Um, and then then there's some revolved, right? And again, we can't go zero to 60 either. Again, I just think that Bryce... I think it's time to, to take the next step in these contracts, right? And maybe California Labor Board helps us. Uh, maybe this talent agency stuff helps us. Um, because, again, our, our owners are, are both. They are trying to run what would be considered pro sports teams with how they do sports science and nutritionalists and all this kind of shit. Now, this phase is a little different, right? They're, they're really walking both sides. But a traditional esports team really does try to like a athletic type team in a lot of regards but again 
hire streamers. And the, what the players have to do is often more than a professional athlete would have to do for their team. So then it gets into more agency thing. And again, like, let's just let's let's fucking let's fucking throw it all against the wall and rewrite it. Right. Yeah. Why? Again, can't screw Jack. Jack needs dirty Jack at Cloud9, right? He needs security. He needs to know when he walks into a boardroom, he's got X amount of players under X amount of division, and he has X amount of control over it. But we got to give some aid to these players in some regards too, right? Um, and again, some of these th some of these things in this contract, again, that Bryce points out, are definitely just like what mm. you know. Um, but but again, not alone in this contract. Um, Uh oh. Oh yeah. Sorry. You know, you cut out right at the, at the last word. That's okay. why I didn't let you finish the sentence. Yep. That's good. Uh, right. So I'll I'll get back to um I'll get back to the bit uh, that Bryce is talking about here, which I think is interesting. He goes, there are also some legal issues, most notably a post-term restriction that prevents Tfue from playing video games publicly for a period of six months after termination for material breach. This is, for lack of a better description, insane and unenforceable in many jurisdictions. Now, when, when a lawyer who's trying to use tempered language describes a clause as insane, yeah. uh, it probably should hammer it home um, how... Uh, you know how crazy a, a, a clause that is, and and like, like I say, I, I see it all the time in esports contracts that yes. um, you know if you leave a team, um, we can sort of dictate when you join another one. It has to be with our blessing, or you have to meet a buyout. You know whatever the stipulation is, um, and I honestly think in California, especially those type of clauses would be strongly thought of as anti-competitive. And depending on which way the the legal winds blow over the next two years, I think clauses like that will become a thing of the past and I, I i talked about this before in soccer we had a jean-marc bosman a footballer who basically made it so at the end of your contract you could join any other club that was willing to pay you a salary completely free of charge it was it was up to you the the the, the team you played for no longer owned you but how it used to work prior to that European ruling was when your contract ran out, they still had they still dictated where you were sold. It just had to be for a reasonable slash nominal value. So you were still beholden to the club even though your contract had, had expired. And it took a legal ruling to change that. And we desperately need that in esports, I think, because these yeah, these it, these it, clauses it, are so over the top. And this is the exact like baseball is a prime example. This exact thing is contract jail, if you will, as they call it. You know, we're not going to trade you, mm. play you, we're going to sit you, we're going to reduce your salary, enjoy us fucking your career. This was one of the first things all players pissed off, again, mm. years ago, 100, 80, 90 years ago, to where they formed their association. Um, so, yeah, so to see this stuff creep in when the, the, the legitimate player associations of the world have pushed these exact things away is really disheartening. And there's even worse. I've seen some it's where contracts ending mm -hmm. and you know, all's good there. Current team has the right to wherever you might go and keep you. Yeah. So literally never let you, I don't want to play for you anymore. You're a racist. I hate your politics. I can't drink monster. I'm a Red Bull guy. Nope, acted this clause. We're keeping you. Oh, they said ten month. We're paying ten grand a month. You're staying now. Sign here. It's a 
really contract jail, right? Yeah. Um, and and again, like, how can how can I not get out of it? And again, like, you walked through really nicely, like, the five ways that Faze can fuck Tifu and the one way Tifu can fuck Faze, right? In the sense of breaches and getting out, and yeah, it's all. Right. If player does this, 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 if, and then just down there in the bottom, and if don't pay, if we, and, and it, where it goes different is if we breach, you have to tell us in writing, we have 30 days to fix it, and then it never can happen. Yeah. Right? It's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. come on. No, the, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it, it, right is, it, it, it is a stack. Same. Yeah, it, it is right. it is a stacked game for sure. Um, he then um, so he, he then adds to this a little bit. He goes, with that said, uh, Faze did try to renegotiate the deal several times. Banks said uh, he offered one million dollar a year to make him resign. Uh, but Tfue isn't who he was when he signed that deal, and Faze acknowledges that. Viewed in this light, much of the public debate feels like an overreaction to me. The masses are painting a picture like Tfue is being taken advantage of, but that interpretation is grounded in a comparison of his original deal terms to the star he is today. When an org signs someone small, the deal will always be along these lines economically because they can't justify paying more. Every signing at this level is a risk. Orgs lose money on most newcomers, hoping to eventually strike gold and help build a star and that that is true and and like me and you and and you know you ran evil geniuses so i'm sure you actually know the process when you take gambles and take risks on talent you know th there, there's an element where it's like yeah we do it to be successful uh but also as well there is an element where it's like if i pluck a player from obscurity you know again like think about cloud nine with Stewie 2K, for example, twenty thousand dollars to splice. They get a player who's one of the best, most well-rounded in America. Uh, a player who you know wins a major with them, becomes iconic, and I'm pretty sure you know when he went to MIPR. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure for all Jack said that he was abandoning them or whatever. I, I'm pretty sure they got paid a pretty penny for the for it and made way more than the twenty thousand dollars they laid out for him, and you know might even have recouped a large chunk of the salary along the way. And got the benefit of winning a major and all the prestige and all the sponsorships that comes with that. So I, there is an element where I think uh, owners do look to basically develop talent almost as an asset flip, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, a prime example is Ryu. Ryu, like, admitted to doing yeah, it. Was it. Selfless, that, yeah, it was selfless. That kept him alive. Like, he was, he was the farm system, right? Train a young player, get him get good, get him better, talker, all those things. And then... No bones about it, not even malicious, like, sell the kid. Get him to a better team and send him on his way because yeah. he was never going to have the same resources, but he was really good at finding the kids, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, again, I think there's there's that fine line of undervaluing the player when you're currently signing him and going, oh, shit, you know, Counter-Strike players are – this kid only want like, what? Oh shit, we got a deal, and there's okay. Market for the guy is probably this, so we'll start him at this. But generally, labor when it comes to a team, and I have again, I haven't looked at a team's books in a while. But for us, it was labor and travel, right? Those were our two big expenses: labor and travel, right? Uh, and generally, travel has almost gone away when it comes to the tier ones because they get invited. You know, the ESLs, the ECAs, the E leagues of the world, they buy the plane tickets, they do the hotel rooms, they do the food. So travel goes away out of your budget, but labor's bigger, right? So again, the lower you can start that labor price 
and and keep that cost low, the for you. Um, so was was Tifu worth way more than two grand when he was signing that? I have no fucking idea. Um, when they offered to renegotiate and it was a million dollars, was that too high? Was that too low? I don't know that either, right? So they can throw out they offered him a million bucks, but if the kid was making you know, 200 grand a month on Twitch alone and activating all over the goddamn place or potential, then it wasn't enough. I don't, mm. I don't know. Right. Um, and, and, and again, I don't know if they're praying. I don't know if they're, I don't know. Like Brian obviously taking the, like, that's a great deal. That makes sense. But I don't know. We don't know the rest of the contract. It might've been sure a million bucks, but guess what? These things that were 80, 20, 50, 50, 20, 80 are now, 90 10 90 10 90, I get, we don't know the entire we don't know why he said no right mm. we don't know why he never signed the new deal maybe tifu will then come out and say oh yeah now i'm being now that i'm being shit on because i was offered a better deal let me show you the better deal i don't know right um we just don't know you know yeah. in that sense um, and then, so I'll, I'll just wrap it up because he makes some good points as well about general team economics. Uh, people are linking me to a face statement. So what I'll do is a, me and you will wrap oh, okay. up. I'll, I'll take a break and then we'll, I'll listen to that on stream and then call it a night. Cause I did want to go to the gym this evening and not do all of the hideous, uh, hide hideously good work I've been doing, getting down to like two thirty six. Um, Woo. yeah, I know back in the, back in the sweet spot, man. Yeah, 20, 20, 26 more pounds to go. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, it says here, um, on a more macro note, there is a shocking amount of misinformation surrounding the business of esports circulating right now. Teams aren't cash cows. Most aren't profitable. Teams are certainly growing in enterprise value, but that's not the same as cash flow. Teams don't generate concessions, gate revenues, and they can't strike local media deals. This means sponsorships account for the majority of their income. And in the current market, player compensation already exceeds team revenue. This is with players giving sponsorship rights. As such, teams have become inventory aggregators. They bundle player IP rights in order to reach scale that is attractive to sponsors, and they pay for these rights. In fact, that's the majority of what they're paying for. So whenever someone says a deal where a player grants full IP rights is inherently unfair, I can't help but roll my eyes. This is a business transaction. A player is ceding certain rights in exchange for certain benefits, financial and otherwise. Uh, it's not inherently fair either. It all depends on the surrounding circumstances. In short, context matters. And this is what I talk about all the time. I, 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 think, I, I think it's essential players sign away their image rights if you want to have a good relationship with your team and you want to get the benefits because, you know, they can't put you on a fucking uh, can of Dr. Pepper or a fucking, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or, or a shirt or in a, even in a video uh, if you don't sign away your image rights. What I fucking loathe is that so many contracts as default say you're signing them away in perpetuity and you can end up with absurd situations there. It's like I said, the example I always use is imagine a world where Doublelift decided uh, that he um, would prefer to play Dota, right? But in the past, and he wanted to be a Dota pro, and he went away to be a Dota pro. But in the past, when interviewed about it, he'd always said, uh, Dota's a terrible game, I don't like Dota, um, League of Legends is way better. What Riot Games could do, because when you sign an LCS contract, you sign away your image rights in perpetuity, and they even have a clause in their contract that says they can modify your voice. Uh, this is absolutely true. Um, they, they can they can alter and modify your voice for uh, marketing purposes, 
right? So what they could do is they could take um, they, they they could take double lift, saying I don't like Dota. I think League of Legends is better. And even as he was trying to carve out a career as a Dota pro, they could market their game using him, this player who no longer played in their league, no longer even played their game. And that's the thing I have an issue with with image rights because if you um if you if you sign away your image rights in perpetuity, motherfuckers can literally use it for anything that they want for marketing purposes forever. You know, you could, five years from now, you could turn up, you know, promoting some shit. Yeah, and again, Bryce makes a very valid point. Like, these these rights are what uh, guarantees the, the team, the agency, again, getting back to the talent agency model or even the sponsorship model for a pro team, the ability to comfortably know that they can activate with Steel Series and 50 gamers, right? Because they have the legal right to do that, that the players will use the product, etc. They can talk about activations at trade shows and all those things. So, uh, like, that's valid, right? Um, I think the imperpetuity thing is, is, should, is, in a way, supposed to cover the historical use of you, mm. right? So, like, the Dallas Cowboys yeah, exactly. can still yeah. show Roger Staubach in his Dallas Cowboys uniform, right? Yeah. And, but it's, it has to be used in a historical context. And this is where, like I, like, I agree with Bryce, but what I would say to Bryce and what I've said to Bryce oftentimes is yes and no. Where we need to change this is 100% no ifs, ands, or buts. The team gets it all. We need to carve out and this and carve out who gets what when, who can use what when, who can't use what when, right? And again, figure out how a piece of that, whether it's certain categories, and some teams do this. They'll say, we own these categories. You can maybe go try off these and come talk to us if you find this, that, or the other. Again, they're starting to open wiggle room. So I'm not trying to shit on Bryce or team. Like Some teams are actually realizing, like, wait, we're never going to go after this category or that category. So let's open that as one of the open ones. Because if a player does walk it to us, there's a percentage thing there. And if I'm a pro player for Counter-Strike and I land Rolex, well, I'm going to be at events. Rolex is going to be happy. I'm going to be wearing their my team's jersey. My team's going to be happy. Like, they kind of still win, right? And and often that they'll get a piece of the finances, right? Not the lion's share. Lion's share goes to said player. So, again, just these conversations need to be not a team needs to own them all. We need to figure out what a team absolutely has to own to operate in this new crazy world and what they can let go of. And again, the perpetuity needs to be defined in a historical context. So again, in each talk about Jordan playing for them before or whoever, right? Because that's how they kind of sports. But I can't, uh, like you can't go grab Michael Jordan's, the Chicago Bulls can't grab all of Michael Jordan's footage and make a brand new fucking gate commercial without Michael Jordan exactly. saying yes to it, right? Yeah. So we just gotta, again, Let's ungrade this shit. Let, right now, it's 100%. Let's fucking figure it out, right? Uh, and again, to, to Bryce's point, players are signing this away right now for the paycheck. So, yes, they are, and they should. Let's pay them less, and let's give them a little bit back of themselves, right? Let's give them a little back. Uh, and again, let's lower your labor budget. Because again, I, I've always worried about Counter-Strike. Our players get paid very well. Are they going to all of a sudden, like, not get paid well, I doubt it, but we need to do all we can to figure out how to keep these owners interested in our game. And if labor costs gets too expensive and it doesn't meet the exposure 
generalize all the fancy fucking terms. They'll just know up. Uh, we're going to Rocket. We're going to Rainbow Six. We're going. They'll just close the division. They will. Yeah. And and they do this continue. all the time. Yeah. And they do it. Yeah. So again, it's not like I, I used to piss a lot more fire and brimstone. You guys are fucking up. It's like I, I get it. I do get it. I'm an ex-team owner. Our contracts were the same. Um, not as long because like the world's a much bigger world now. But let's figure out how we can, uh, you know, what you, what are you fucking using over there? Because again, if you own all their rights and you don't have 50 agents standing by to act as agents for the player, you're actually leaving a whole bunch of money on the table, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not built to, they're built to be agents for the collective. Teams are in some regards, right? And a franchise player here and there gets the golden nuggets. But again, if they, if, if Liquid, and Cloud9 and Nip and everybody had a bank of agents and the a Counter-Strike player, every player gets an agent and they're off to the races to basically build both brands and it means money on both sides, then we're in a different world. But they're not built that way as businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, brother, I, I, I'm going to get into this phase video in a bit. So I'll, I'll say, is there any other uh, final thoughts just in general? Any, uh, any plans from the CSPPA to kind of like monitor this situation get involved make some statements help some people out anything like that yeah well i mean again obviously we're counter-strikers so like um the, I, the our lawyers are looking through that complaint they're very intrigued by um the complaint even though it's not a counter-strike player so they're checking it sure. out we're keeping an eye on it it is slightly different the contract nature but again some of those clauses are not different at all um we definitely would love bigger a more stable set of clauses that go into all you know the guys that um i know you said i might get voted out i'm just a, i'm gonna i'm gonna so my official title is advisor to the board and advisor to the actual association right I have a job there uh they could just say advice and i have i have no they don't need to vote me in or out like this say we don't want you anymore oh, okay. um and and the and the guys that run the day-to-day -day, the lawyers in denmark etc now expanding set of lawyers around the world uh they also are put in and out by the board so they can lose their 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 position at any given moment too. Again, very very set up intentionally to be very democratic player related. No one can fuck them, no one can steal this from them, uh, no one can do that. So, we we would have, uh, collectively certainly a more standardized set of contracts so everybody knows what a buyout kind of is in Canada. Not necessarily the money of a buyout, but like the idea of how buyouts work, right? Some are at owner discretion, no number I'll decide what you're worth if I decide to sell you. Some have a number in there. And obviously you talk about sports, you know, um, uh, football, uh, your football, uh, especially Spain, right, had a thing yep. where they, they uh, for a while it was like owner discretion, right, and they went no fucking way. You will put in the buyout number and we'll stick yeah. to it, right? And it has and, to be specifically done. doesn't matter how exorbitant or wild it is. And, and we it have happens, to know right? going in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. PSG bought, what's his name? Forgive my ignorance. Neymar, um, right? Yeah, and, mm. and, and, and his buyout was so stupid. The team put it in there thinking no one will ever fucking buy this so we're safe, right? So we'll mm. just put this number in because by law we have to. And sure enough, PSG went, all right, we're writing a check. And they lost him. Yeah. Right, they it was in Barca, right? They yeah, lost that's it. But and so let's figure that kind of stuff out. Because again, if you're a new owner and you want to get into Counter Strike, then we have a more standardized template for you. And again, let's figure out let's figure out collective rights and how TOs can use it, how Valve can use it, how the PA can use it. You know, and again, I like the idea of trying to get all on a on some sort of yearly calendar. So if we get Valve on a calendar, and we know, like you know. 
end of the year is perfect, then let's do that. Let's let's make it so everyone knows you might be there next year your contract expires. But every new team owner, every current one knows if they're shopping that November, December is the time talking to people because every contracts are coming up yeah. if that year is up for them instead of again because again they all get in trouble and they're sometimes these rosters change not because a player wants to change in the sense of someone's bad someone needs to get cut but like literally three guys contracts end in november one guy's contract ends in april the next year and one guy's the last guy's contract ends in summer that guy's summer contract he doesn't like the deal so he quits because he yeah. can and now that fucks the roster so let's again even though we have an open ecosystem, we get our world like professional sports where it's kind of season-based, right? You sign X amount of years, and that really is X amount of seasons, and everyone knows what that means, right? It's a little more challenging in the open ecosystem because, again, we don't have one league to rule them all and one set of owners and those kind of things. So we're, we're, we definitely are, are, are working – we're working on basically our perfect contract, and then we're going to see how close we can get to it. It's – Basically, our, our, the lawyers that run the PA come from sports lawyers, right? They are player advocates in the sports world. Yeah. Mads Oland, who is the CEO, uh, as appointed by the players, is actually on the FIF Pro board. FIF Pro is the player association for FIFA players, right? So at the highest level of professional football sits our CEO on the player's side of the table, not the FIFA corporate side of the table. So they – I will not lie. They, they look at these contracts – and they are horrified, right? Industry standard to us is mind-blowing to these gentlemen, right? And it's a whole lot of, yeah, but, it, you know, let me explain. It had to get this way. This is how this whole thing started. But they are they are literally beside – it's the world they have to work in. They understand it. We can't go swinging with big old bats. But they have never, ever in their lives in professional sports seen such a one-sided contract. These are things from 100 years ago in sports, right, or 50 years ago in sports, right? Uh, to mention the cases you brought up in football, right, that were game-changing for stuff. To mention Spain and buyout clauses. Like, those sports have all t this shit up, right? And that's where they're coming from and going, what the fuck are we – what is this, right? Um, but again, they're getting it. They understand, like, it's a slow grind and it's going to take lots of contract cycles. And again, you can't take from the owners. It has to be, uh, here's what we want. Yeah, here's quid, why we want it. Quid here's pro really quo. what's in it for you. Quid yeah. pro quo, right? You have to make it – because, again, at, our, at the end of the day, we want to secure the playing career of a Counter-Strike player forever or for as long as we goddamn can. And, like, pissing all over owners and just fucking shitty – like, you have we have to compromise, right? Both sides have to walk away a little pissed off, right? But right now, these guys are beside themselves going, never seen this. Holy shit. And you ask any of the lawyers that, that, that roll in. I'm sure when Bryce first rolled in. When you know guys like Ryan Morrison, as well as the new guy Ryan Fairchild, doing some good player stuff, they come from maybe not sports law, but they are all like, "Whoa, never seen a clause like this yeah. in any contract in my life." Um, and again, I, I just think, I think what this case will do is it puts it puts the idea of player contract, even though T, we know Tifu is a hybrid, um, uh, it, it puts it in the spotlight, right? And it, it opens this discussion, uh, which is awesome, right? And, and if we get any sort of legal precedent or settlement out of this where we can actually legally nod to shit that uh will be you know even better in some regards awesome well look man um always a pleasure to get your insight and talk to you and catch up i i, I still keep thinking what would this be in so close uh in terms of how short a flight it is i, I you know i've got to come to phoenix at some point I, uh, yeah, yeah I, bro. I, have, I haven't been down there yet you know
yeah, you definitely you definitely need to come check it out. Um, yeah. Oh, very uh, similar, very similar to Vegas without the casinos, right? It's a desert town laid yeah. out in a grid, you know, very new in that sense. So, so you you'll see the same strip malls, very very similar probably to your neighborhoods. It's just the casino stuff. We have some, but obviously we don't have. And so and it, are you going to um come to that uh Inven Global esports panel thing on June 4th or whatever it is? Uh, the one at uh, the UC, uh, USC, I think, or something. One of the schools yeah. in Cal. I, I, di I didn't get invited. I'm not on a panel. I probably will not attend. No, no. I don't do this much traveling these days. I, 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 don't, I don't know if they'll pay. Um, I, I wonder if they will. Because they, they did say I could bring a guest. And I still haven't even asked them, like, who's booking flights and all of this, right? Because I didn't want to be, like, a diva. Like, I'm happy to pay and go and talk to some fucking college kids and... No doubt there'll be some Overwatch fans in the audience who are going to like threaten to kill me or something, but that's fine. I can, <laughs> I, 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 I can deal with Overwatch fans. That's not a big deal. Um, but, um, but yeah, obviously Duncan's going to be out there. He's like going to come and stay here before we go out, and Monty's going to be out there. So, uh, you know, might 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 be a thought if uh, if you if you get some spare time. I'll I'll let you know closer to the date. Yeah, obviously, it's like two. For uh, sure. Yeah, it's yeah, like two weeks knows. away. Um, you know, and again, like Phoenix is cool. Um. So I'd love to have you uh, mm. come check it out for sure. And then I would urge you, um, I know obviously you're knee deep in this story, but you need Kevin Hit. Oh, uh, at, the denial stuff. He's yeah. doing great stuff with denial and if other people um, are, are hitting on them. But like this, like you would like the shit these guys are pulling, bro, whether it's, well, I like the, the counter, their Counter-Strike players have contacted the PA. So we're now investigating some stuff on the Counter-Strike side officially. And trying to uh, help them, they're owed money. Uh, things are not good for them, um, so we, you know we're trying to figure out their contracts and if there's any sort of legality for them, etc. But very nice guys, you know. They're kind of tier two, uh, kind of playing in the Latin American market. It's not like yeah. they've got like you know public swag to go uh, create a storm. But we're gonna see what we can do. But these guys are shading pub. Big PUBG stories are coming. Obviously, the Call of Duty stories are out. Like like these guys took over for the shady owner. And they're actually more shady, right? And don't <laughs> fucking esports, dude. Like, how do you how do you not pay all these different people? And then your videos are you driving around in Lambos and like taunting your wealth and how? Yeah, you know, ter terrible like, optics, right? You can't do both those things, man. Like, like you can't the rich daddy-o and then pauper your goddamn players. So like, I am all over denial. Obviously, I'm tweeting it every day. Like, I want them. I'm like, now that we know more about you release everybody like that's my thing is like release the players and yeah we've, we we've released release the contract now it's fucking release yeah, the players release the players and then, then it's release the hounds yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if they want to re-sign with you now that we know more and more about you and the guy in charge that brokered all these deals has technically stepped down from day-to-day -day operations by the way still doing day-to-day -day operations uh yeah it's just it, this is this is a juicy one it's unfortunate that it landed on the middle of a bigger juicy one because obviously phase and tifu are a whole different scale of juice um but like these guys, this these these guys need to end. They, they need to yeah. they need to go away, right? They really I'll, really. I'll really I'll definitely fun. I'll make it my next project. I'm working on two things currently. Obviously, covering this story, and then child protection issues on Twitch, because uh, <laughs> which is gonna that's gonna be a game changer. Because uh, is, is it the eleven? I'm thirteen. Oh, my dumb. No, oh no 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 no. Not that that's a, that that's uh. I, I wish that was it, but um, I actually found like there's um. Uh, uh, people grooming child streamers on Twitch and like, 
just, oh god yeah like oh, just like god. literally like kids streaming and people coming in and making sexually suggestive remarks in the chat oh, on like oh. burner accounts and i i have i have I'm, I'm at a point now where I, like, dozens of examples it's insane it's a regular occurrence and twitch haven't got any protections in place and i'm like i'm banging on the door of their fucking uh trust and safety team yeah and like and, and i've told marcus and told everyone i'm like got like like you know come on this is this can't fucking be going on it's fucking outrageous it's disgusting and they haven't got back to me yet but it's like so okay you know try try to try to do it quietly guess we do it loud <laughs> You know yeah, what? What else can I do? Cause that like, I'm I'm never uh, signing off on that. I don't give a fuck. Ban me off the platform. I'll fucking I'll sleep well yeah, at night. Because like, is it a gray area with you know the so-called titty streamers or whatever? Like that's a totally that's so less egregious. Mm. And and if you're gonna turn a blind eye on if she's wearing a halter top or a bikini, that whatever on that. But this 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 is people typing sexualized this, stuff yeah. in chat and making sexualized requests of kids who aren't even old enough to be streaming on Twitch in the first place because you don't have a fucking age verification process yeah, to sign is, up. Like that's and that's uh, that opens a whole different legal can of is that disgusting obviously but really the yeah. legal jeopardy and liability maybe for twitch could be well i think you know this it, we had similar stuff with youtube um uh like a, a few months ago um where it was like you know same stuff they were finding very you know what was described as soft soft pedophilic porn by the guy who uncovered it and it was you know oh, like kids kids shit. dancing in bikinis and stuff and then you go in the chat and once you found one video using this special search code, you um, you ended up finding you could every video it recommended was the same type. Um, and what you would find is these like sick fucks would were like would make recommendations like oh wear something more revealing next time like wear this wear that and it, you know just hundreds and thousands of comments like this and YouTube their action was you couldn't make any comments on um, children's videos now, um, which I don't know if that really fixes the problem but it's something i guess um yeah at least well, at least the, at least the children can't be exposed directly to the comment how that would work on twitch i i don't know but let's start with having an actual age verification process that works right i mean that that yeah. would be good yeah not a no a checkbox that i'm um this age yeah that 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 just border that makes me fucking ill right? oh that dude is, I, that I, I i i wouldn't even the, the stuff i saw i wouldn't even share it with you Oh, it wouldn't, I wouldn't even it, it, I, like it, people. People who watch the stream, the night, the day I spent, the day and the night I spent working on that story, I just came onto the stream and got fucking trashed. I was just like, yeah, like, yeah. I just that the, the bleep, yeah, just world. yeah, just bleach my fucking brain because I can't believe it's going on like in plain sight. So yeah, and again, like like I, like Tugan and I had a falling out for like two years because of his one joke to me because like that's the one thing call me an old man say i'm too old to game but like he and, and we know each other and he made a joke like oh old man scoot oh, yeah. pedophile over there yeah and that I was outrageous shit. that shit I was yeah, like, well, dude, course, that's the dude. one thing you can't even fucking joke about like that makes me sick to my stomach that yeah. i know you're joking james but like there's gonna be people in your world that maybe go fuck is he and like like there's no gray area of having fun with that bro and nah. like we had a lot when i finally bumped into him uh, at, at a Counter-Strike event, um, uh, like, we had a long talk about it, I go, bro, man, like, that, like, I don't have many lines on, like, me being an old guy in esports, right, I've heard it forever, but that one, like, I, if we would have been in the same building, I would have been trying to beat the fuck out of you, obviously, much smaller <laughs> than me, like, he would have crushed me, um, 
Not. Uh, or or Hellspawn would have grabbed me because obviously that's when they were all doing the shows together. Uh, you know, ha that, happened to, happened to me over on HLTV yeah. Yeah. where uh, a guy a guy made a thread on HLTV forums saying in four hours I will uh, produce evidence that Richard Lewis is a pedophile, and um, I was traveling from an event and like I, I messaged uh, the HLTV admins and I'm like, why haven't you deleted this thread? And they uh, just ignored me, and they waited. And the, the justification for waiting and leaving it up all day, right, was, well, what if he had evidence? Oh, God. <laughs> so, I, so yeah. cool, cool, I guess, reasonable yeah, behavior. James obviously doesn't think and didn't think about nah. it but, like, he didn't grasp it. And obviously, maybe even, you know, uh, like, again, James is James, right? And he just threw it off there as a fun little pedo bear kind of comment. And uh, obviously, like... Ooh, I lost my. I was like, in, in in this industry, yeah. it's even more outrageous, man. Because like, we work with, um, you know, we work with a lot of young people. It's why I've yeah. never, you know, on the internet, you're like, you know, I've never, I've never done anything even vaguely tech sexual from a technological perspective. Because like, even even if something that was between two adults leaked, um, no, you know, like no, a yeah. dick pic or whatever, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta work with like, you know, young adults yep. and. Yep. I don't want that shit out there. So it's like, it's why, you know, and it, it makes things very weird. So I, I've always, yeah. like, that, well, that that part of my life is completely compartmentalized off from this. Um, well, and and I, know every, I, know, I know everyone in the chat's like, so that's why you became an incel um, <laughs> oh, for, your, for, for, for your job, right? Well, but, I mean, I, I, I'm obviously, you know, like, uh, I love your work. I love all the investigative shit you do, you know? And, like, like God bless you for, yeah. like, like, this is, this is getting down in the fucking dirt to get a story and like Ugh, it's been rough oh, been rough bro, buddy God. i mean like but, th th thank god like you like expose it man well like, you know I, th this this coming hot off the heels off that rick fox stuff you know like a fucking a, oh. ra a racist anti-semitic shareholder at a at a, a team yeah, that was nice yeah like just a guy like saying some of the most outrageous shit to like one of the nicest guys ever i think i've met uh, in my journeys you know through esports you know it's like it's been it's been one of those years where it's like it, it's tough for guys like you and me i think to be constantly out like i i, I always say oh, i'm sick of all these negative stories about esports and then i realize i break 90 percent of them because yeah. I, you know because i know we, we, we ain't there yet man there's still so many fucking yeah. rocks to overturn and so many things to fix well um, and, and like they're and now like the like now honey is i'm, I'm rabbit ear quoting here right mm. uh interesting article today to read that long ass article uh, about valuation well yeah um <laughs> I, I, I was talking i was talking to cecilia while she was uh, working on it actually yeah. um you know i pointed her in the right di direction for her because one of my pieces is linked in there going back to the cgs because yep. yep. i don't think cecilia really knew about it back then but i but i've said it before i've said it on this stream she's made some m mistakes like you know the average kotaku journalist i think i think you have to be yeah, you have to have made some journalistic faux pas to even get a foot in the door at that publication. But the but the reality is she's the best fucking thing they've got and, and she does good work ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time. You know, she's made she's been sloppy in some areas, like I think she attributed a quote to XQC, a homophobic or racist quote to XQC, and he never said it. And then yeah. she got a little bit pissy when she had to correct it. And it's like you should be a, you should be mortified that you're having yeah. to correct it. You shouldn't be like snippy and going, "Oh, I got it wrong. He wasn't the homophobic one. He was the racist one." Like you shouldn't be doing it like that, you know. Um, 
but in general, yes, in general, in, in yeah, in, in, in general, I, I think her work's very, very good, and she's very fair and, and balanced, and she's called out some heavy hitters. That's the thing I admire. She's called out Activision Blizzard. She's called out Twitch, you know, for... She called out the Church of New Zoo. It was great. Well, yeah. Oh, that new that New Zoo nice report. To see it print. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nice right. So. So. I mean. Yeah. I, I say it to everybody on my stream. Like everybody should give her like, you know, the, the more respect yeah. than you would give the average games journalist, the average Kotaku journalist. She does. She does good work in the vast majority of. Uh, yeah, and it seems like the more she does it, obviously she's getting, she's learning like the inside of it. Yeah. More, exactly. She's, she's in it now. She's embedding so a lot more. When she first showed up, she was on the outside writing how fucked up we all were. And now she's she's learning how fucked up we all are. <laughs> yeah. So um. All right, brother. Yeah. No worries, man. Be well. Um. Yeah. And um, I'll 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 catch up with you when I catch up with you. I'm sure it'll be soon. Yep, sounds good, brother. No worries. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks Peace. For me, man. Yep, no Much love. Uh, so there you have it. The 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 man, the myth, um, Sir Scoots, um, yeah, and and his robot uh, approximation of himself for times. Obviously, a guy who is running the Captain Strike Players Association, which I believe this phase incident, this phase contract issue, will definitely bleed into. Um, you know, it sounds like, according to the CS players, that they didn't sign similar contracts to this. But then again, makes me wonder if they, they actually did. I'd, I'd be very interested. Might be something to talk to them about. But uh, always good to get his insight. Um, you know, a, a, a great guy. Don't worry, Scott. It, it was robot on and off. It, it, it's fine. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. It, I, blame, I blame Phoenix. That's what I blame. Uh, 